For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Good morning and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and as always, I am just here to ask the question for you folks, but of course the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd at Floyd Financial Group. We'll start with you, Randy, as always. How are you doing this fine Saturday morning? Doing very well, Jeff. How about you? I'm doing great, thank you. And let's shift over here to Jake. How's this Saturday finding you, my friend? Another great day in southwest Missouri, Jeff. That's right. It's a great day in the Ozarks. Pretty much every day is a great day in the Ozarks. We do have a few off days now and again. But for the most part, this is a great place to live and a great place to listen to our radio station today and talk about money. On today's show, we've got a lot to uncover today. Gentlemen, let's start off with what is going on in current events, what is going on in the news out there. And in the last week or so, have there been any significant changes that would affect the people listening to us today? in terms of their investments, their money, the economy, and the markets. Well, Jeff, as always, there's a lot of news to digest. And one of the things that's come across my radar here the last couple of days is this thing called Loan Level Pricing Adjustments, or LLPA. Right. Now, at first blush, this thing looks like, and this is how it kind of came to my attention, that you know, if you and I have been great citizens uh-huh. and we've paid our bills and kept our credit score high, that we're going to have to help subsidize and pay for those that have lower credit scores. Sounds about right. But that is <laughs> but that is actually not the case here. What it amounts to is basically what it says is if you have a lower credit score, yeah, and you have a high loan to value, in other words a low down payment, right. a lower credit score, right. you are going to pay a higher amount of interest for your loan, which stands to reason and makes sense and this started back in 2008. You know, after the uh, the mortgage crisis that we had, where we had a lot of people that were basically buying homes that probably didn't really qualify. And so we had a lot of bad mortgages out there, you know, the subprime mortgages. And really what it amounts to is this is about for those that have not been good stewards of their credit, they're just going to pay more. I would call it risk-adjusted or risk-based pricing for loans. And this is just part of the higher interest rate environment and the fact that banks are expecting more defaults as we fall into a recession and things get tougher and people lose jobs. We're also really starting to see a lot of these lenders start to tighten up on how much money they want to loan out, uh, particularly in the auto sector. So, you know, if you're one of those people that cannot afford to pay cash for a new truck or car or whatever, you're a little bit at the mercy of what these banks are willing to loan money to you, how much money, but also how much interest they charge when they do. You know, we've been talking about on the show for a long time that we're going to see those conditions start to tighten, and we're seeing more of that now in the auto industry. In fact, it may really become a problem here before too long because for the longest time, you could get 0% interest for 60, 72 months, right? Right, And so on a lot of those dealers now, you know, the best deal is four years at 4%. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's if you got perfect credit and right. higher. Yeah, and so yeah, there's lots of lots of them out there loaning money at eight percent and things like that. And that's basically just going to price a lot of people out of buying a vehicle, which is going to then increase supply of vehicles, right? If they're not buying as many, right? And demand goes down, which is a recipe for vehicles going on sale and lack of profit at dealerships and things like that. So again, it's another nod to this recessionary environment which the fed you know has been trying to create and regardless of what they say that's what they're trying to do and they're succeeding and as banks really decide hey i don't want to take any more risk i don't want to take on any more balance sheet risk and they start to shut these things down you pay your car off and then you're like hey i want to go buy another car they're like nope <laughs> you know because because they've got this yeah. they've got that risk off their table now and so now they're like no nah, i don't want to take that risk again on you and you know, if enough of that kind of thing happens, uh, you know, that's the that's the kind of thing recessions are made of. So it is coming. 
we've we've talked about it again we've talked about our lack of patience here we're getting patience is wearing thin but you know it is still coming and we gotta we gotta get to the recession before we can get over it and i'm surprised at the number of these pickup trucks and things that i see even at the gas station (laughs) yesterday when i filled up i mean here i'm rolling up in my conservative suv and there's a guy jumping out of a pickup truck that i know was every bit of 60 65 thousand dollars and those are not uncommon on the road today and i'm just really surprised that there are, are that many people out there that can afford or can they not afford these $65,000 pickup trucks that are driving around in them? I mean, can they really afford them or do people place a higher priority on things like that, luxury items? I mean, a pickup truck is a pickup truck. Certainly you can get one that's $65,000 or you can buy one that may be, you know, $35,000. I've got a TV, but it's not an 80-inch TV. I mean, are people really just going out and buying things like that because they can without any regard to the fact that they really have to pay that money back and the impact that that's going to have on their financial life. Yes, okay. they really are. That's a short answer. <laughs> and, uh, but it's true, yeah. To elaborate a little bit, I think that I think you might be surprised, Jeff, at actually what some of those pickups actually do cost yeah. that are rolling down the road. There's lots that are eighty, even ninety thousand. I'm, I'm you know, amazed. Like yeah. a Ford, a Ford F one fifty SVT Raptor, which you know looks basically like a Ford F one fifty that's a little bit fancy. Those things are like a hundred grand. Yeah. And we, we've talked previously about some of the higher end SUVs. You know, they're going for one hundred and twenty, some as high as one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Where mm-hmm. they were ten years ago, those were. 80. Right. And it's all happening at a time where credit is drying up, which is just kind of a recipe for disaster for some of these auto manufacturers. And they may end up with these, you know, the most expensive vehicles they've ever built, both in real money, real dollars, but also in relative dollars to everybody's average income. And they may be doing it at a time when people are going to be least likely to be able to afford it over the next 12 months or so. So it's definitely going to be, uh, it's like the SpaceX launch a few days ago, right? We don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but I can guarantee it's going to be exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you said, uh, lending institutions are tightening credit standards and they're really limiting the risk that they have out there on the table. And another thing you said, which is really so true, is that people are sick and tired of waiting for this recession to happen. We've been anticipating it. Is it here? Is it not here? Still, we've got, you know, high inflation rates. And, you know, I would have thought that by now we'd be making some progress towards getting back to some sense of normality. Are you saying that the recession just is not happening and that we we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing? Should we continue to push and push and push until it finally breaks? Or, you know, what do we do here as the average consumer who's trying to get through life and trying to get retired and stay retired? How should we really look at what's going on right now and how does it affect us in terms of handling our money and saving for retirement? You know, Jeff, I think that we are in the beginning stages of the recession now. The beginning stages. Okay. I thought we were already in it. Maybe not. Yeah, we are in the beginning of the of the recession now. But to answer your question a little more directly, you know, people need to be careful here. It's great to make a good return on your money. But the big thing most people need to avoid is not creating a 30 or 40% crater in their retirement days. And throwing your money in the stock market is not a plan. And people need to have a plan for how they're going to deal with volatility when it comes and how they're going to handle the risk associated with that volatility in a way that is not going to compromise their lifestyle. And, you know, that's really what we're about here. That's what we do here is we we create plans that are able to withstand all different types of financial weather. You know, so if things are good, we're doing good. And if things are bad, we're still doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the whole idea behind the plans that we want to put together is we don't want to put a plan together that has a an 85% chance of working. Right. And there's a different investment philosophy, certainly when you're in the accumulation phase versus in the distribution phase, which most people certainly are when they get into retirement, your risk tolerance, your risk capacity can be so much different. So if I'm hearing you correctly and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jake, is that there's a large amount of protecting what you have that goes into these portfolios. And then once all the basics are covered, the money that's left over, are you saying that that is money that you can put at risk to try to make a little money. But if you do lose that money, it doesn't affect your ability to keep the lights on and, you know, the wolf away from the door. I think that it's really more a factor, Jeff, of 
where you're at in your retirement journey. So if you're 35 to 55, you probably don't need to be super worried about risks in the market because when the market starts to come down like this, you know, you're simply just buying more shares when you fund that 401k and get that match. It's really the people that are in the retirement red zone, meaning the first five years before retirement and in retirement. Those are the people that really have to be careful here. And while I don't think we're going to have a big massive drawdown, that doesn't mean we couldn't. And given the huge range of things that could potentially happen, we just feel like discretion is the better part of valor for the next few months here. And it's something we're watching every day. One of the things we're going to talk about later in this episode is stable value funds and mm -hmm. things like that. And we'll discuss that some more, but those can be a potential help to, to really kind of put a floor under some of the money and get paid while we're waiting for this market to turn around. We've talked about risk capacity versus risk tolerance. I may have more risk capacity, but my risk tolerance is low. So I'm going to gravitate towards safe money investments. If somebody is risk averse and they really just want to pile most of their money into safe money investments. I mean, these days, can you make enough money with safe money investments to get you to retirement? Well, let's put it this way. You know, for some people, just depending on where you are and what your risk tolerance is, like you alluded to, yeah, you know, we've, we're seeing a more attractive fixed interest rate you know, than we've seen in a very long time here. And so, you know, I think with Jerome Powell probably going to raise interest rates coming up on the 4th of May here mm -hmm. again, I think we will see, you know, money market accounts at near 5% interest. And mm -hmm. so those are accounts that, and the ones we use, a lot of them are stuff with government treasuries and things, which right. are guaranteed. But, you know, if you can get a 5% return and not have to worry about it, in fact, you know, we will tell you that for most of our people, we set them up somewhere between a three and a half and a five or five and a half percent withdrawal when they start to retire. And so if we can replace basically or a lot of what they're withdrawing, yes, we can stabilize their account and wait for a better day. And the nice thing about the money market account is it's liquid and we can get right. out and get back to the market when the time is right. There's many other tools that we can use like treasury bills. You know, there was a report just earlier this week that talked about how far down bank deposits have gone. And a lot of that money has gone to treasuries. I don't know if you remember the conversation we had here a while back when Warren Buffett was talking about all the treasury bills he was buying week over week mm -hmm. just because it's a safe place to park money and you're getting a decent yield while you wait for things to get better in the market. So, you know, if people, you know, haven't accessed this, don't know how to, I would encourage them to call us come in, let's sit down, let's talk about it. And there's some ways to get some good, safe money returns right now while we wait for the market to turn around. And let me tell you, when the market does turn around, there's enough cash out there in treasuries and still sitting in bank accounts and things that we're going to have an incredible rally on the other side. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd, Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about current events. We've been talking about credit tightening, and we've been talking about your retirement, getting retired and staying retired. If you've enjoyed this conversation and you're thinking to yourself, I could use some guys like this on my team. Well, guess what? You can get these guys in your corner by calling 417-889-7233, asking for your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment retirement roadmap. It is a plan to get you to retirement, keep you retired, a retirement in which you not only survive, but you also thrive. Again, no cost, no obligation whatsoever to see what your retirement could be. Have an optimal retirement with Floyd Financial Group. 417-889-7233. Encourage you to call that number as soon as possible and get on the calendar there with these guys. You can also do it by going out to the website at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Check out the firm and start your journey towards an optimal retirement. You're listening to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Are you giving your Social Security dollars back to the government? It happens every day to people who don't have an effective Social Security strategy. The right plan for accessing your Social Security benefits can mean tens of thousands of dollars to you and your spouse's retirement income. Don't make the costly mistake of being unprepared in retirement. Call Floyd Financial Group now for a free Social Security optimization report. Take advantage of proven strategies to help maximize your Social Security benefits. Call 877-889-PLAN today to learn more. 877-889-7526. People of the Ozarks. Step away from the fishing pole and prepare to be shown the money because we're back with more Straight Talk with Randy Floyd. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to talk about the eighth wonder of the world, according to Albert Einstein. That is compound interest. That's exactly right. And Einstein had a lot of great theories there. There was one about the definition of insanity, which I've heard over and over again. But I want to talk about compounding interest. It truly is kind of the eighth wonder of the world. I remember when I was a kid, you know, and you'd put a couple of bucks in your savings account from whatever little job that you had. And then I would forget it, you know. In those days, we had passbook savings accounts and, you know, you didn't have the internet so you couldn't check it every day and you kind of forgot about it and then you looked at it a couple months later or a year later and you were surprised about how much it had grown. So let's talk about the value of compounding interest. First of all, for those people who don't understand exactly how it works, let's go back to the basics. What is compound interest versus simple interest? Sure thing, Jeff. So, you know, compound interest is where you get to have interest applied to your principal plus the interest already that's been applied. So you get a compounding effect and it becomes, you know, almost exponential in growth. Now, depending how often people compound interest too, can have a big effect on what your outcome is going to be. People used to hear about interest compounded daily, right? Right. So you don't hear that term much anymore. No, you don't. You don't. (laughs) I mean, that would be a big return. But, you know, the difference is if I have $100 and I earn 5% simple interest, that basically means that if I've got $100,000, I earn 5%, I make $5,000 a year. If I compound that, that means that the money that goes in, the $100,000 plus that first year's $5,000, I get to earn interest on the additional $5,000 that went in, and that compounds, which gives me accelerated growth long term. Now, there's certain types of investments that will also allow you to have one additional feature to compound interest, and that is tax-deferred accounts, whether that be 401ks, IRAs, or annuity contracts, those sorts of things. Those, and that same thing with you know certain types of life insurance, you can get additional compounding through using those tools in a proper fashion. So compound interest is interest on top of interest, and it differs from simple interest in that way. You mentioned some of the tools out there that take advantage of compound interest. Are there some tools that maybe have a little better interest rate in terms of compounding interest than other interest rates? I mean, what are some of the things that we may be looking at without suggesting specific products? So, you know, today you can go out and you can buy CDs, you can buy treasury bills, which have different tax consequences, you know, on on those. So when we start looking at tax deferral, that's really the difference between a lot of these vehicles. So if I can keep my taxes, I don't have to pay a current tax like I would on a CD. If I can have that to compound on top of as well, I can grow money on money I would have given to who? The government. You bet. And you know, when you give your money to the government, when do you get it back? (laughs) Never. Pretty much never, yeah. I think the very best kind of interest is the kind that doesn't go to the government. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I agree. I agree. So there's lots of things out there. You can put money into money markets. There's probably still some tax-free money market accounts out there. I haven't seen any that I would really like the yield of any time here recently. But there's those that are out there, municipal bonds that can be tax-exempt, both at the state and federal level in some cases. So there's just all sorts of things that you can look at out there. But right now, you know, a couple of things that we're looking at as far as compound interest goes, is we're looking for people that have IRAs and 401ks. We're looking at stable value funds. We're looking at treasury bills. We're looking at money market accounts, that sort of thing, where they can actually make a little money while they're waiting for this market situation to turn around. So on one hand, you've got compounding interest raising the amount of money that you have. But on the other hand, you've got taxes taking away from that. Let's talk just briefly about how important deferring taxes or making smart tax decisions, how that can increase your portfolio. So let's say, Jeff, that you're working and you're making, I don't know, let's say that you're in the 12% tax bracket and you have to pay that 12% to the federal government. And here in the state of Missouri, you might be in a three, four or 5% tax bracket. So all of a sudden you're looking at somewhere between, you know, uh, maybe 15 to as much as 17 or 18% that you might be paying in taxes on that money. If you can save that and not have to pay that and let that interest compound on top of that, over time it has a dramatic effect on your earnings. And as far as taxes go, there are different flavors of taxes. There's tax deferred, there's tax exempt. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so tax exempt are some of those things where generally the government is somehow involved and they're willing to give exemptions to try to attract investments and build communities and and that sort of thing. And, And, you know, the federal government does it, our state and local governments do it. 
So there's there's things set up that way that will give you tax exemptions. Now you have to be careful with some of that stuff because it does not mean uh, the tax exempt interest will potentially it will potentially drive you to a higher bracket even though you don't pay tax on that piece. So when you're retired and you have social security and you have tax exempt income, while yes, you won't pay tax on that income, if you have a capital gain, you will ha- you'll pay on it, but also it will raise your provisional income for taxation on social security. Now, I know that's a little bit of a complex topic. <clears throat> Just suffice it to say, if you want to learn more about it, call us and come see us and we'll <laughs> be happy to sit down with you. Yep. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd, Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about compounding interest. How does inflation play into this conversation? about compounding interest. Yeah, so it's like compound interest in reverse. Mm, okay. <laughs> so basically what it amounts to, well, think of it this way. So if, if inflation, you know, is 5% year over year, what ends up happening? Pricing starts to compound. So if I have something that was a dollar each this last year and there's a 5% inflation, it's a dollar five next year. Well, next year it's a dollar five plus five, which right. puts it at more than a dollar 10. So you're starting to get the compounding effect in inflation. So that's why, you know, when we hear some of these numbers, hey, you know, inflation was down two percent well it was you know nine percent then it was six percent now it's four percent so we're we're not out of the woods we're still having a compounding effect on pricing and what it takes for people to live and buy things i think there's also a misconception where people think that if inflation comes down from eight percent to four percent that that means prices are coming down and that and nothing could be further from the truth what it means is that we're stacking four percent on top of the eight percent and so while it is better than eight percent prices are definitely not coming down and i can promise you that you're well aware of that as you go to the grocery store and the gas station and everything else prices are definitely not coming down and this this is something that the president of the united states doesn't really understand uh, as he gives his speeches talking about how inflation is is zero now well no right. no, no that's not true <laughs> and, and there's been a lot of price increases very recently and all we're talking about is the year over year number coming down not prices themselves and I think really there's not a lot of transparency in some of these things that we hear on radio and TV. Like you said, inflation is at zero at this point. I mean, I would think that you probably would not be a very good scholar if you believed something like that. And as you said, prices go up and uh, we don't see them come down too much. I mean, gasoline prices will fluctuate a little bit. But these prices that have gone up for other goods and services, are you saying that really we're not looking forward to the day when these things are coming down? I mean, if people are willing to pay this much for it at an inflated price, I guess, why would they reduce it even when their their cost of producing it goes down? I would say, Jeff, that there are going to be some things that come down. So if we, if we have a full-blown recession, oil is going to come back down to, you know, roughly maybe $40 a barrel or something like that. So you're going to see gas prices come down if that happens. But there's some things that are, are not going to come down. And in determining what's going to come down and how much, it's really going to be a factor of how much unemployment gets created, right? Because as long as there's competition for jobs, jobs that used to pay $10 an hour that are now paying 15 you know, those are not going to pay less, most likely. And so that's really what controls how much, you know, if you're making $15 an hour flipping burgers at McDonald's, that's what controls what prices are at McDonald's. And right. so there, there will be pockets of things that come down. Um, and I think that things like we talked about earlier in the show about the auto manufacturer, if they have trouble selling these ultra high price vehicles, the prices of those vehicles specifically may come down. But ultimately what will result is next year they just won't make such fancy vehicles right and they will they will aim to make vehicles that are more what everybody can afford and what they can move off their lot because that's a real potential issue that they may have here shortly. Well, everything stacks on top of everything else, right? So when you look at these companies, you know, earlier this week, GM was reporting that they're having a a great year and they've done really well selling vehicles and they're excited, you know, about what's going on. And that's all well and good. But as this recession hits and people cannot buy and they have to discount vehicles, or better yet, you know, with finance rates, I had a lady call me yesterday and she has a great credit score. She went and talked to her credit union about buying a used vehicle and they wanted 8% to finance wow. it. Wow. Well, I thought, wow, that's pretty crazy. So uh-huh. we said, well, you know, and here's one thing that's happening now, and I think this will happen more and more. 
new vehicles, Detroit and wherever those things are coming from, you know, Japan to Mexico, Canada, wherever their things are being built, those things have to be moved. They've got to move that iron because they have a new model year they're going to have to crank out here. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it used to be every September, right? They kind of move it around a little bit now, but they have to move that iron. So they're going to have to discount those cars or come out with special financing deals, which we're already seeing because on the car this lady wanted to buy, there's a new finance deal at 3.9 for 48 months. Hmm. So some people that were buying used cars are going to be switching out of that, which is going to drive used car prices down. But also, it's going to take the profitability out of some of these new car dealerships and these new car manufacturers because, let's face it, right now the prime rate, that's what banks charge their best commercial customers, is 8 Right. And so if they're out there financing it at 4%, where do they get 4% money? Let me tell you, they don't get 4% money. So they're going to have to, their profits are going to come down. And then the, the price of a stock or the worth of a stock is a multiple of what it earns, right? So if we earn less, markets have to come down. So everything is stacked out there on top of each other. And so, uh, you know, make no mistake, we want a little bit of inflation. That's why the Fed's mandate is a 2% inflation with full employment. So if you can get there, it's nice because you can buy a house, keep it five years, you can make a profit, move to your next house. You know, so a little inflation is nice. But when we get it at eight and nine and 10%, that is not sustainable. Even four and five is not sustainable long term for people. And right now, where does inflation sit as far as the uh, latest report goes? Well, depending on what report <laughs> you depending listen to, and, what you report, can, yeah. <laughs> and you can extrapolate from from the PPI to the CPI, probably in the four and a half range. Okay. Well, we were at six and seven percent, so maybe it's a little bit better, but who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. We're talking to uh, Randy and Jake Floyd, Floyd Financial Group. Certainly, we've been talking about compounding interest, but most importantly, how all this shapes up to affect you, your money, your portfolio, your uh, wealth management, and also your retirement. If you've got questions about anything that we have spoken about you'd like to sit down with randy and jake and see how this applies to your individual situation certainly we're offering you the no cost no obligation no judgment financial review it's just a short visit with randy and jake to sort of get a litmus test on where you are right now in your retirement journey where you could go with a proper plan again no cost no obligation most importantly there is no judgment to get yours, 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That is floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Do you currently have money invested in mutual funds? Are you aware of the potential hidden fees you could be paying? This is Randy Floyd here, founder of the Floyd Financial Group, where we know that after a lifetime of hard work, it's important to make sure that your nest egg is protected from hidden fees. Call Floyd Financial Group today for a complimentary consultation and fee analysis to uncover what hidden fees you may be paying. The number is 877-889-PLAN. That's 877-889-7526. Or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about rolling over a 401k to an IRA. When is it appropriate and when is it maybe not? So we're going to uncover that right now. And Randy and Jake, a lot of people listening to the program, I would say that the majority of people listening to the program who have worked for somebody else at one time or another has had a 401k. They may have had multiple 401ks from different jobs. So what we're really talking about today is you look at your 401k and, you know, whether to roll or not to roll over to an IRA. So let's start with that. Some of the first factors that we want to consider. And I'm going to start off this way, when should you just leave it where it is? So a couple things I would say about that. Number one, if you are, as a general rule, under age 59 and a half, you are probably not going to be able to roll over your 401k. Well, I'm just, I'm not going to say probably. You will not be able to roll over your 401k to an IRA mm-hmm. unless you have severed employment with that particular 401k company provider. So in other words, if you are 40 years old and you have a 401k and it's your current employer, you're really going to be pretty much staying with your 401k plan there unless you decide not to fund it any longer and you want to fund an IRA outside on your own. Now, obviously, if you do that, 
The IRA does not get a match like the company might be giving for you where you work. And if that's the case, I always tell people you need to fund at least what the company is going to match into your 401k. Why? Because free money is always good, right? Right. So that's the one thing to consider. But if you have a previous or many previous employers, because we see this sometimes where over the years, people have three or four different employers or companies have merged and they left plans behind. Even if you're under 59 and a half, if it's a past employer's 401k, you are able to move that into an IRA now at your current age. Now that does not change the fact that retirement plans for the most part were designed to be tapped after age 59 and a half. So with that being said, we always have to consider, I think the number one thing to think about here is what is your age right now? You know, are you in a position where you're past 59 and a half and you're wanting to roll money out of the IRA and we'll, or the 401k? And we'll talk about why we might want to do that in a minute. Or are you at least 55 and thinking of retiring early which brings up some other questions. You know, where are we at in the scheme of things? And those are the few basic questions we always have to ask people before we start with a 401k rollover. So talking about age, you said we would discuss this here in a moment. Let's discuss it right now. What are some of the other factors? Uh, How does age really play into making this decision? Yeah, so let's say that, uh, and we had some of this last year, you know, for the first time with interest rates changing from either falling and being pretty well flat, they started to go up when Jerome Powell started to raise interest rates in March of 2022. And we saw that pension funds were starting to get devalued. Mm -hmm. And so we had some people that that had these pension funds and 401ks start to think about retiring because they didn't want to lose. Some of them were going to lose as much as 25% of their pension fund just due to the fact that interest rates had gone up. So we had people in their 50s. We had people, you know, early as 52, some 55, some 57, 58, and some people past 60 that all came in here and said, hey, look, we don't like what's going on. Are we able to roll money out of here? And we said, well, yeah, if you terminate employment, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to roll your 401k out of there over to an IRA, as well as your pension fund can come over here. So the thing we always, always have to ask and balance out, Jeff, is does it make sense for these people to roll their money to an IRA? What's the benefit to them? What are the fees going to be associated with? How do they compare to where maybe they're invested now? Also, what investment choices do they have? Because if they move money out of an 401k to an IRA, we have the whole world of investment choices, Mm -hmm. not just the mutual funds that they may be limited to inside that plan. And that's a very good point. And I want to reiterate that too. Generally with an IRA, you have many, many more choices than you would with a 401k, don't you? You do. I mean, the whole world is your investment oyster. For the way I say that, it's not actually 100% true. You have to do special things if you want to buy real estate with your 401k and things like that. But as a rule, you have the the whole world is your oyster for investing once you roll it out of that 401k plan. Is it true that with some 401ks that annuities are now being offered in those 401k plans? We are starting to see some of that, and I think we will start to see more. Again, partly what has, I think, brought that to the forefront more than ever right now. You know, the last up market we had lasted 11 years, which is the longest bull market run we've ever had. Mm -hmm. And so people are really starting to get impatient now. They're seeing interest rates, fixed rates go up while the market is floundering, trying to figure out what to do. So people are looking for some more, what I would call guaranteed solutions. And so insurance companies that offer annuity contracts they insure that money based on their credibility and their ability to pay, you know, their payments to those annuity holders. But yeah, people are looking for some guaranteed solutions and and some more guaranteed outcomes similar to a pension like they used to have. And annuities are one way that they're going to approach to do that. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd. We're talking about rolling your 401k over to an IRA and some of the questions that you might have. We talked about some increased fees. We've talked about choices, many more choices with an IRA. I would imagine that 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 really does allow you to uh, have uh, really the opportunity to make a really much more tailored retirement approach. 
yeah, you can build the portfolio out exactly the way you want it. And based on the risk tolerance that we derive from some questionnaires that we always have and sit down to talk to people, you know, you know, what is your risk tolerance? We ask them a lot of questions about that because our job as advisors is twofold. Number one, uh, we need to try to help these people figure out what is a sustainable lifetime income. Some people are okay with spending some of their money down. Personally, I don't like to spend people's money down. I like to basically use the earnings if we can to pay them their income and not watch their money spin down. Now, obviously, during down markets, we're going to have some volatility and some fluctuation. But our job is to help people manage that expectation and manage their nerves, if you will, <laughs> during these trying times. <laughs> in many cases, can you indeed, uh, with money that you put into an IRA, can you indeed design a plan that will allow people to uh, just live off the interest and, and not touch the principal or the corpus? You know, here's what I would say. In today's world, with current interest rates, yeah, we can certainly do that for a lot of folks. Sometimes we have people come in, they only need 1%, 2 3% interest off of their nest egg that they've saved. Sometimes we have people come in, they need a little bit more than that. So here's the thing. You know, markets always change. Interest rates are always changing. Markets are always changing. So can I tell you we can give you just a 100% smooth ride? No, probably not. Now, right. you can put your money, you know, in a fixed investment and only spend the interest if you can live on it. Right. Here a while back, looking over our shoulder, if people had a million dollars you know, in T-bills at 0.53%, they earned $5,300 a year. Well, if you can live on that, more power to you. But most people <laughs> need closer to that 5% number getting $50,000 a year or so off their million-dollar retirement portfolio. And with every investment comes Uncle Sam with his hand out there and, of course, the state of Missouri. I'm going to call him Cousin Sam with his hand out there, too. It's father and son. Let's talk about how taxes play into your investment choices when you're converting money from a 401k into an IRA. So generally speaking, you know, when when you get ready to roll money out of a 401k, and this is true in today's world on every case, when you get ready to roll that money out of there, one of the first questions that they're going to ask you is, have you seen or reviewed the special tax notice? So the special tax notice, what it does is describe to people what their options are with their 401k. Number one, they can leave it where it is. Number two, they can have that money all paid to them, and they're going to have to do what? Pay all the taxes. So it may be not a good choice. Or you can convert to a Roth IRA, all or a portion, still subject to taxation. Or you can do a rollover from your 401k to a traditional IRA and not pay the taxes until you actually start to withdraw and spend the money. Most people, as I said, do have 401ks at employers that they worked at. They're considering moving over to an IRA. When you sit down with somebody, they're in front of you, they do have a 401k and you analyze these uh, portfolios. How do you make that decision as to whether or not you should roll some or part of it over to an IRA? You don't have to roll the whole thing over, do you? You do not have to do that. So there's some things that come up like that. And especially this last year, I kind of alluded to it earlier when we had all these pensioners that were going to see their pensions get cut. So some of those guys, we had just a couple of years that they needed to get to where they were 59 and a half, where they could draw money easily and without penalty out of an IRA. So what we did was we left part of that money in the 401k where we knew they could take systematic withdrawals mm -hmm. out of that account to fund themselves for the next couple of years. So we left that money behind, moved the rest over to the IRA and positioned it the way we wanted for growth and income for the future. And then we funded their retirement until they got to age 59 and a half. Now, one thing to remember is when we leave that money in the 401k, it's still subject to market risk. And when you do take your withdrawal out of there, they're going to hold at least 20% out for the government for right, taxes, right. whether you want them to or not. It's the law. They have to do it. Now, I don't believe that there are any real absolutes in life, at least in most cases, and certainly that applies to investing as well, too. Is it absolutely always a good move to move some or all of your money into an IRA? Let's just ask that general 30,000-foot question. Generally speaking, if you are at a point where you either have another job and you left a 401k behind, or you're 59 and a half and still working there, I'm going to tell you as a general rule, it makes sense Many, many times, mm -hmm. not always, but many, many times for people to roll that money out of there. There's really no reason not to once you hit 59 and a half because you get more investment options. 
and you can have a, a you know a much better return long term, and you have really a more tailored approach to your investing than you have through the 401k. Not to mention the fact that you can get a lot more help because as a rule, yes, you get to talk to someone that maybe runs your 401k plan. They have a little meeting or something, or you can call them and talk to them. But really hands-on advice and really looking at your life and what's going on with you and planning out a retirement plan, that's not what they're there to do. And they're not going to offer that type of advice. So once you roll it out to an IRA, we can help people really get down in the trenches with them and really work out retirement over the next six months, year, whatever it is, until they're going to pull that trigger. If our listeners have questions about 401ks, and I'm sure that many of our listeners do have 401ks and they're thinking about rolling it over to an IRA, but they really need some help with that, highly encourage them to contact Floyd Financial Group, Randy and Jake, and discuss the options for you. You may be better off rolling it into an IRA, but if you're not, they'll tell you that as well, too. It just depends upon your individual situation, your hopes, your dreams, your uh, goals, and what it's going to cost you to live in retirement. Again, there's no cost at all for this consultation. There is no obligation whatsoever. I mean, this is just a chance to ask some honest questions and to get some straight, honest answers from guys who have walked this walk before with many people getting into retirement. Again, to get your no cost, no obligation, and most importantly, think about this, no judgment retirement plan. Call 417-889-7233 to get on the calendar for a brief meeting with Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group, 417-889-7233. Or I encourage you to go out to the website, check the firm out, see who these guys are at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Once you've done that, you can request your complimentary meeting from there or again, 417-889-7233. Time for a break. Randy and Jake will be right back with the final portion of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Nowadays, 401ks are a part of life. Chances are you or your spouse have a current one or even an old one that's tied to some long forgotten job. I'm Randy Floyd of the Floyd Financial Group here to ask you an important question about your 401k. Do you know your options, your fees, and if you're maxing out the benefits? If you want to know more about your 401k inside and out, call 877-889-PLAN for a complimentary review. That's 877-889-7526 or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And to kind of wrap up today, we're going to talk about, you know, really what's important here. And hopefully this comes through in all these things that we talk about is it's just important to have a plan that's executable and will work. So uh, what we want to do here is talk about the steps we go through to get us to that point. And Randy and Jake, we've had people listening to us for a long, long period of time. We've had people just joining us. And maybe when they started listening to us, they weren't ready for retirement. They hadn't thought about it. Well, maybe they've thought about it a little bit, but now they're getting ready to retire. So let's talk about what it takes to get you into the office and to go through these steps to not only survive retirement, but also thrive retirement. We want to get you retired. We want to keep you retired. So where do we start with this? Somebody comes in and they call 417 they get in for an appointment with you. What's the first thing that we're going to do? So the first thing we're going to do when people come in to see us here, they're going to see Ashley up front. She's going to greet him with a big smile because she's just that kind of gal. She's yep. really efficient, really good. And she'll get you something to drink or, you know, whatever it is that you like. And then what we'll do is we'll go into the conference room, we'll sit down, and we'll just start to get to know one another. And we'll go through, in our minds here at Floyd Financial Group, it won't be like we're going to go, okay, this is step one. But it is kind of that way. (laughs) We're going to go through a process that we have developed that we know works for you to get to know us and for us to get to know you and know what's important to you, our potential client at that point. And so, you know, really, I guess the first step is what we call discovery, and that's just getting to know people and what's important to them. Right. Getting to know you, very, very important. And I think a lot of people think, well, this is going to be a stressful situation. I mean, I'm going in there. These guys are going to put the light on me, and they're going to judge me about how much money I've got. And this is just going to be an unpleasant experience. But really, that couldn't be further from the truth. As your grandma said, and you know, this happens in my family, too. We're just going to visit for a while and get to know each other. Right. That's exactly what it's going to be there because everybody has a different family situation, a different family dynamic, and a different lifestyle, you know. And so there's no one size that fits all. 
And so we really want to sit down and learn about people. And, you know, from there, it kind of gives us a feel for, okay, you know, maybe they want to spend a little bit more money up front traveling and doing some things that they've always wanted to do. You know, maybe you're like the one gentleman here that says, hey, all I want to do, I'm just tired. I want to go home and sit down and watch my cows grow in the backfield, you know. So, (laughs) you know, and, and that's good, too. There's no right or wrong answer for what retirement is. Yeah, and I think that's so important for people to realize that we want to get to know you at Floyd Financial Group and what you're all about, you know, what your priorities are. And the last thing that's going to happen, I want you to comment on this, Randy and Jake, the last thing that's going to happen in that initial meeting is you're going to ask who they are and then you're going to go right to a product to try to solve their problem. That's just never going to happen. No, that's really not at all how this how this goes. You know, basically our first step, we call that discovery. And then really from there, once we've kind of established you know, a level of rapport, I guess, if you will, we're going to start talking a little bit about finance and about Mm -hmm. their experience at work and uh, what kind of income they think that they might need, you know, to live the way that they want to. And let me tell you this too, that as we start to go through and we do the analysis, which is step two, a lot of times people don't have the answers to these questions right off the top of their head. It's something that they're just starting to think about retirement. It's not something that they've already come to the conclusion in their mind exactly what they want. Now, some have, but most it's a process, and we know it's a process. So we're not going to sit down and ask people to make any decisions at the end of meeting one. And it is so important to get to know the person, their hopes, their dreams, their goals. I mean, when you sit down with a client, let's say you're sitting down with me, you're going to find out that I'm a married person with a couple of kids. The kids really don't need the money. What my priorities are is being able to afford retirement for as long as I live and to be able to pay my taxes and health care. And what I want to do in retirement is, as you said, maybe watch the grass grow a little bit, take a couple of very simple vacations, maybe, you know, get a new riding lawnmower. That's me. But for other people that may be traveling the world, so it's getting to know who you are, what your goals, your hopes, and your dreams are. Once I've told you, Randy, I've got a 401k over here. I've got another 401k over here. I've got a little money saved. I got a little money in the market. I'm going to have a pension and social security. What goes into the analysis part of this? How do you sit down and sort of crunch these numbers? Do you and Jake sit in front of a big computer? Do you talk to each other? You, you know, work it out on the whiteboard? What happens in this analysis process? Yes, all of those things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it varies a little bit from person to person. There's some situations that require a lot of analysis, and then there's other situations where the people, what they want to do in retirement really dictates fairly specifically what we do with the money. And so, again, as we always say on the show, it depends. Right. Yeah. I mean, those are all things that we do. As you've said before, Jeff, sometimes planning can be more of an art form than a science. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people have different comfort levels with different types of investments. And, you know, the right thing mathematically may not be the right thing emotionally for the client. And we're not going to try to uh, force something that doesn't fit. But yeah, it, I enjoy the planning process. I'm yeah. a little bit of a, a nerdy guy. I like mm-hmm. I like the numbers. I like that kind of thing. Some people are like, man, I would hate to work with numbers all day. Well, <laughs> have no fear because I, I love to work with numbers all day. Um, and I think, again, we've talked about this too, that that's kind of what makes America great, right? Is, right. You know, maybe, maybe you've put roofs on houses your whole career and I can't imagine doing that job. Yeah. And I'm grateful that somebody is out there to do that job. But we all focus on what we do well and everybody benefits. And so uh, when it comes to those planning tools, though, Jeff, I think we do spreadsheets. Uh, A lot of times it starts with a general conversation with me and Randy after we've met with the client, we've asked all the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Randy and I'll sit down and we'll talk about, all right, you know, you know, here's, here's the key points, one, two, and three, you know, what's the best way to, to handle that. And one of the things we always keep an eye toward is we want to leave as many options on the table as possible. Meaning, Mm When we create a plan, I don't want something that's incredibly inflexible. I want to build in flexibility because I've said many times to people that I can't tell you exactly what your retirement is going to look like, but I can promise you it will be at least slightly different than what you're thinking it's going to look like. And so to make a plan for retirement before ever seeing retirement, we need to have a certain amount of flexibility because you may think, well, I'm going to you know, go fish off the bank with night crawlers and that's my right. idea of heaven. And you may go do that for a few weeks and be like, well, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and now I need to make changes to the financial plan. 
And we're always going to build leeway for changes and things like that inside the plan. So I don't want people to think we're going to we're going to have this very rigid right, framework right. that can't be changed. Uh, that's just not the case. And, and we're going to build in uh, latitude to change income amounts and frequencies and just all that kind of thing. You know, but it's it's fun for us, and uh, you know, ultimately, we just want something that's simple and easy to understand right. for our client, and uh, again, high degree of flexibility, so that you know we can make changes as we need to. Right, and I think the takeaway from this conversation, at least so far, is that when you do these plans, there is a lot of math and science that goes into it. The numbers are somewhat absolute, but you also take into consideration people's emotions. I mean, retirement and money; these are all emotional things. You're going from one form of life to another form of life. To And I think really people want to understand, and I I hope they really get this, that as you said, these are flexible plans. You're going to design a plan for somebody who's going to get them to where they think they want to go. But, you know, we change the way that we feel about things on a regular basis. So the plans, although they work, they will be flexible with you in case you were to change your mind. We're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about what you can expect when you do come in for your no cost, no obligation no judgment financial review and consultation. We've talked about the discovery process, the analysis process, the planning process. Now let's get down to the implementation process. That is step number four. What's involved with that? Well, Jeff, when people get to the point to where they say, and this is kind of how it it generally goes, you know, so what would be the next step if we were to want to move forward? And Mm so that's when we talk about an implementation and I want to be clear about something, too, and I, Jake kind of alluded to this. We're never going to put a thumb on people to do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we'll we'll probably just never outright ever say, are you going to do business with us or not? We'll right. just, that question will just never come up. What will happen is at some point it will either make sense or it won't. And fortunately for us and the success of our business, more people tend to say yes than no. So we're happy for that. But the long and the short of it is we're going to make the implementation process as simple as possible. So we've gathered all the data now. We know where monies are and where they need to be moved from and how they need to be repositioned. And we will take care of getting paperwork ready for that. All of the question and answers that need to be done for moving that money and setting up the new accounts, we'll take care of all of that. And we'll just, you'll have to come in and and have a little paperwork party and sign a few things, and then we'll get that process going. After that is done, we have people back in. We make sure we have all their logins set up and that they're able to communicate efficiently with us as well as their money. They have access online to be able to see it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then uh, once we have all that done and if it's time at that point to set up their income stream, we will have also done that to replace their income from work. Uh, Sometimes people aren't ready to quite retire yet. It's two or three, maybe four years out. But we'll schedule then reviews after that about every 90 days to six Mm -hmm. months. It just depends. Everybody's a little bit different. And generally speaking, I would say this, that after people have met with us a couple of 90-day review times, sometimes it goes to six months because, again, they know we're a phone call away. They know us. We know them. We've got a good relationship going now. And so, you know, the review process is very important that everybody stay connected and understanding what's going on with their money. But it's pretty flexible as to how often we do it after, I would say, the first six months. And Randy, Jake, we're running a little short of time today. I want you to comment real quick on the final step, and that is going to be the follow-up. Yeah. Again, so basically, we just we need to always be sure that we are following up at an adequate pace or the adequate amount of follow-ups that people want. Sometimes people say, after they've been here a few years, I say, you know, I just need to see you one time a year. If I have questions, I'll just call you. <laughs> Okay. And that's fine. We're okay with that. Yeah. And then there's other people that they want to see us every 90 days and we're okay with that. And then we have some people that uh, every six months, but what we're really trying to implement and keep going now is scheduling each of our review or follow-up meetings from the one we just had. That way, everybody's on the same page, knowing when they're coming back and what that schedule looks like. And no surprises that way. And, you know, we don't get to this point to where we call it and say, hey, you know, we need to get get together for a review. They say, well, we're traveling for two weeks. We'll call you back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe the people travel. They don't call us back. 
we've moved on. And before we know it, six months has passed or something like that. So by scheduling that meeting from a meeting really helps to keep us on track. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd here about the five-step retirement process at Floyd Financial Group. If you're asking yourself, can I retire? Will I have enough money to retire? What will my retirement look like? How can I design a plan that'll get me retired and keep me retired? I want you to call 417-889-7233. Get some answers to your questions. Again, it's no cost. There's no obligation. You can always say no and certainly no judgment. 417-889-7233 is the number to call to get your appointment or also you can request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, we are out of time for this week. I'm going to head out and look at some new boats today. So for Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk.